free. <laughs> Art is meant to be free. Free, my friends. And this is the part where I'm going to say something maybe that like our friends who are artists will not like because... I've been waiting. Here we go. And it's off to the races. It is. Gentle folk of the internet, oh. welcome. Oh, I'm peeking right away. My Hello, gentle folk of the internet. Welcome to the Kindness Economy podcast. Hey, that's us. We are your hosts. Our host number the, one. Yeah, I'm Courtney. Courtney King. My business is C King Solutions, and you can find me at C the letter C king as in the name king the word solutions.com i am uh bonus parent baba my name is rebecca and you can find me bonus parent baba all over the internets um and this week this week we will be talking i will be talking Ooh. about uh the crossfit games which is a thing that i've been participating oh, in i will right. be talking about my personal love of plato and also i will be chatting about uh, protectionism in the arts and that um, I'm sure basically anybody that listens at this point can figure my uh, opinion with it. on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with me, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, how busy is like the tide, the tides as they come and go. Um, I'm going to talk some about needles and Narcan injection sites and I'm going to talk a little bit about my meditation practice. It got a little freaky this week fun yeah <laughs> we're gonna probably start with some meditation my meditation i'm at day 82 maybe mm. possibly hey, hey. i am um just doing the maintenance just enjoying the quiet um my fitness and stuff mm -hmm. the stuff that i'm really spending time thinking about is uh the last two years i have participated in the crossfit open Yes. which is what leads into the CrossFit Games. If you make it to regionals, I would never make it to regionals. That's not a thing I think I will ever do in my lifetime. I remember you doing that. It was last year, and it was really, that was literally the part when I was like, oh, I need to stop doing fitness as the media plat as the, like, I'm doing my media platform. I need to stop doing fitness as my subject because I am basically fucked. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have the time... I have kids, I have life, and nope, nope. That's when I changed my handle mm -hmm. and all the names for everything. Mm -hmm. And when I became Bonus Parent Baba, basically. So like soon, not right now, but like maybe next week or whatever, it'll be like the one year anniversary of me becoming Bonus Parent Baba on the internet ah, okay. and switching... Focuses, up focuses from fitness to something that's more like fitness is a thing that I do. Mm -hmm. It can't be all of it. Everything that I think it never was that. Um, it is a part of the puzzle that makes up you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also realizing after like six months of really working to produce and also you know when you're producing you've got to consume in order to understand what what game you're participating in mm -hmm. and as i started consuming i was realizing oh and it's not like the the creators themselves are jerks mm -hmm. but a lot of the people that participate in competitive sports are competitive yeah and they're 
kind of mean, if I'm honest. Also, yeah. And it's not even like I can't take it. It's like, dude, I'd really, I just don't, I have no, I, I would literally rather do anything else with my time than to try to convince some rando alpha male that he's wrong. Like, I, 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 I no. That is not, I'm not going to turn that into my hobby or no. a platform or anything. So we're not doing that anymore. And I'm literally having nothing to do with the CrossFit Open. And I came back from the ski weekend and didn't even realize that it was happening. Mm-hmm. But remember last year when we were at the ski vacation again, I was frantic trying to get my CrossFit Open workout in. And I had to schedule with my coach to do the workout with me like the day I got back. And it was like frantic and running around and all this craziness. And then like I went to the to the gym last week and I was like, oh yeah, the CrossFit Open's happening right now. I am so glad I'm not. <laughs> like how's that working out for all of you all? You kids have fun. Thanks. Yeah. Let me know how it goes. Nah. <laughs> uh, it was so great. And like realizing, oh, that was a terrible fit. That was just a terrible fit the as a project. Well, the, no, the just me using that as the platform. It's so much between the fitness being this like sort of, it's almost an inter- insurmountable wall mm-hmm. of really fixed ideas. And there's some amount of cross-pollination and sharing, Mm -hmm. but you have to work real hard to work through that wall of people being so confident they know what the fuck they're talking about. This is what I'm doing in my silo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there was that part of it. And then there was also the the difference between like doing a podcast Mm -hmm. and doing video production. Yes. Oh my God. Video. Fuck video. Sorry. I mean, video is okay. I'm recording video right now i gestured to the camera that almost but, no one was going to see because we're going to just like my grandchildren are probably going to see this camera and be like oh i'm so stoked to watch my baba anyway so we have one shot and what i am really trying to avoid is the editing mm-hmm. and so you know that's what when you came up i was looking at different video, video solutions to try to and- figure out how to uh, switch different cameras so we could do a three camera shoot for this which is what I would like mm-hmm. anyway down a wormhole there was a lot happening <clears throat> a year ago doing this production that I am so glad I'm not doing right now <laughs> um, so yeah sort of like coasting on the meditation and just enjoying the lack of fitness considering the intensity that I had that, a year yeah. ago no, that is totally legit to want to kick back especially if you've been going pretty hard i've been experimenting uh i think i talked before about using the yoga nidra meditation yes um and that was where like it makes you it makes your body fall asleep but your mind is still engaged and it's a form of relaxation and it's like all right all right i'll give it a shot and all the times i tried it it would like i would fall asleep which I'm fine with. I'm a big fan of sleep. Sleep is good. But I never really thought of it as like, okay, this is the thing I'm doing in order to experience this kind of meditation. Eh. Um, 
But this past weekend, I was dealing with some like anxious situations, had sort of a poundy heart in the middle of the night, and woke up and thought, I need to relax. Like, I can't get back to sleep unless I relax. So I put on a yoga nidra meditation because why not? So I did. And it was interesting because I'm laying there fully expecting it to not work. Like, do 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 do. I'm just doing the thing. I'm doing the breathing. I'm feeling you know, at peace and every okay, good. And I love that at peace feeling. I I am a big fan of the at peace feeling, but I still had the ramped up sensation in my body. And there was one moment after the point where in the meditation they say, your body is asleep. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm just going to keep breathing. Probably about three minutes after that, I had a distinct sensation of falling up. Yeah, that face. I I just... Okay. Everything just moved up, and I went, oh. And it was new and novel and somewhat disconcerting, especially because I was dealing with anxiety. But it felt so soothing. And I remember having this sort of, is this what it's supposed to be like? Is this it? I don't know. I'm like, what? This, oh. And is this enlightenment? I don't know. <laughs> it feels funny. It really did feel funny, um, but yeah, that was that was my jam. I did it, and then not long after, I realized that heart had calmed down, the tension in the body and everything had started to chill out. Everything was kind of coming back into focus, and I was able to relax enough in order to fall back asleep, which was really, really good, and I was very grateful for that. I tried it again. I actually tried it again last night. And while I did not get the same intensity of falling sensation, I did get this sort of uh, that hit at a certain point. It's like, well, I, I guess this is what's supposed to be happening. So. We'll see. Maybe like it's only been what over a hundred days that I've been experimenting with this. So that's another thing for people who are like, oh, I tried the meditation thing for twenty days or thirty days or sometimes it takes more than a hundred. Who it knows? It totally takes time. It also, takes time. Things that you don't say because now I can see your data. <clears throat> uh, we're friends. Yeah, we're friends on Insight Timer, and I'm very bashful about that. But like, you can totally see the stuff that I listen to. <laughs> you, it's there's a whole stats page where yeah. you can see everything your friends are doing when mm -hmm. they meditate, what they're meditating, and it's really neat because you can see what your friends are doing, and you can do what your friends are doing. So like, mm. oh, that sounds interesting. Root chakra, singing bowls. Yes, you know, or, which is something I did the I other day. I love Sonic Yogi. Oh, He's oh, my favorite. So He's my favorite of the guided meditations. I don't think he counts as guided meditation. He just like singing bowls are awesome. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just wanted to let you know I was low key stalking you on Inside Timer. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's part of the being friends with people on social media is you get to you stalk, stalk them. them. Yeah. That's like, the whole look point. Look at what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's a, but you get job. to see a lot of the stuff that I do though. So other things that I noticed when I started looking at your stuff, like mm. you are you sit for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, 
I don't know, maybe it's like uh, imposter syndrome has so many permutations. I feel like you're just not giving yourself really good credit for the, like, that's a lot, like, looking at your daily total minutes, weekly total minutes, monthly total minutes, mm -hmm. is remarkable. That's a lot of time. Most people don't sit that long. Like, you're sitting for, like, 40 minutes on average a day? Yeah. That's a lot. But there's somebody talking me through the that, whole thing. That part where you're sitting there and you're like, you're, I, gotta, I have an excuse for why that's not remarkable. <laughs> that is some false humility uh, that I am, I am, I will not stand for it, my friend. I will not stand for it. All right. All right. There. Mm. Mm. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it or whatever. I don't know if that's appropriate to say anymore. Anyway, um, I have a transition for that, for my own imposter syndrome, just oh. to help you, just to ease that pressure right off. My note here is, I love Plato for the camera. Um, I love Plato. Um, so uh, I we talked last week about finite and infinite games, and I love the yes. book, and I was in the middle of the audio version of it when I think we are calling them, we are currently calling them my boyfriend. Anyway, boyfriend was there mm. in the morning mm -hmm. listening to me, listening to Finite and Infinite Games. And they're like, so you know this is like hard, right? This book, this is like a hard book. And I was like, what do you mean it's a hard book? They're not even using big words. <laughs> and they're like, no no it's like philosophy mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah the, the the thing that stood out to me was they were like yeah this is like plato and i was like yeah i love plato and they just stared at me for a moment before like their head slowly dropped between their knees you know like just <laughs> you are not <laughs> understanding the problem at all you uh by you i mean me um so uh, so I thought about it and I just, you know, like, yeah, I'm actually, that was hard, I guess. I just can't even, God, I can't even get it out of my mouth. So I'm just sort of like, yeah, that's a thing. I'm mm. going to go like all in on some modern philosophy. And I am also like super stoked for myself for putting in business philosophy in all of our hashtags. Ah. All of our tags ah. actually say business philosophy so i have not falsely represented us but yeah i like to dig philosophy. into some philosophy and part of the the i i don't know benefit eh, your blessings and your your curses are sometimes so tight anyway um <laughs> uh, the blessing curse of the thing is 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 i love a really broad view i love a really deep broad view of a situation and in the same way that i liked you know thank you for being late or like the idea of i want i want to hear other people's utopia like all of this is just like having like what i believe to be the voice of god in my head allowed me to, to have this really broad broad view of stuff and those mm. are some of my favorite books that's like my favorite stuff and they literally amount to uh, I'm super into this Finite and Infinite Games book right now. Another really great book that falls into this, but it's kind of, I, I got into it early, later. It's called uh, The Fabric of Reality. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it, it incorporates like computation and, um, uh, what is it? 
physics and evolution into like this like theory of everything and it's only like 150 pages it's like a teeny pinner little book but it covers everything it's just everything and i like oh my god i devoured it it was the best thing ever i was just like dude this is amazing um (laughs) and the other one that is maybe surprising is fiction and it is um his Dark materials. materials, which is being done by the BBC right now. Uh-huh. So pumped for that. Uh-huh. So pumped for that. Um, basically, if I was going to write a Bible, and by Bible I mean metaphor to explain the world to young people so that they don't freak out when things happen that they don't expect, um, it would be this. It would be His Dark Materials. It's a trilogy. We actually had the movie of um, The Golden Compass. Yes. That was produced like... 15 years ago. It was so Has it been that long ago? I don't know if it was that long ago. Oh my God. It was a while. I want to say it's a good, at least eight years ago that that movie was produced. And I loved it. And I was like waiting for the next two. And they never never happened. happened. Oh, Hollywood, you disappoint me. In so many ways. In so many ways. I got more Hollywood disappointment coming later. Oh yeah. Oh, it's going to be good. Anyway. So his dark materials, like, uh, spoiler alerts and whatnot. You could skip ahead 30 seconds. Basically, the end, end of the book is, you know, there's this place where you go as after you die and to get to where your, your soul, you know, dissipates back into matter to be reabsorbed to whatever else it becomes. Uh, you just have to tell the story of your life to a witness. And if you lie, the witness sends you back. You can't lie. You just must tell the story of your life. And everyone's life every story has the same value it doesn't matter who you are and like i believe that so deeply like all we are is vessels collecting stories to share with one another mm, stories are awesome and and like the, these are like my three like like i feel like if i was going to have holy texts they would be that these was things you know it's like if you want to get philosophical about it you could go into the like you know fabric of reality and uh, uh, it finite and infinite games. Mm. But if you want a pretty story, that's available then too. The available story is his dark materials, and I am so so pumped for the BBC producing that. But also just like acknowledging that the game that I'm playing is a is a a very cerebral game. It's a very high cerebral game, mm. and like. I was listening to a lecture from the author of Finite and Infinite Games. Thank God he's still alive. <laughs> and like, and I'm like, no, dude, you're wrong. And I want to email him and like sit down and have tea with him. And there's like a kind of an entitlement and almost like a brazen. Like I love the, I love my personal flavor of brazen personally. I'm biased. I understand. But <laughs> Like, I was just literally thinking this morning, like, dude, I'm going to email this guy and see if I can talk to him. Be like, no, 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 it's different. Because he's developing a theory about religion as someone who's an atheist. And I'm like, okay, yes. But as someone who grew up with the voice of God in their head, you're, you're missing something. Um, so I just want to hang out and have coffee with him or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, I'm trying to, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh-huh. transmutate something, something. I'm trying to like shift my imposter syndrome 
into like what feels like entitlement right now. It feels like entitlement. It feels like hubris and a like unchecked ego problem. But, and chemical process. Mm, so, yeah. Alchemy. We talked about that. We for did. A while. We're probably gonna talk more about it. Yeah. Not today, but no. later. But it'll come back. It'll come back. It, it, comes, it comes up in our conversations. Oh. oh, the things that don't make it on the air. God. <laughs> we'll make it on eventually. At some point. Oh. I, I can't hear your... I can't read your writing. You can't today. reach me. Oh, because my notepad's upside down. I was going to treat busy like the tide. Uh, yeah. No, that was the line I wrote down because I've been dealing with the onslaught of clients since the beginning of the year because, whoo, Marie Kondo. Um, yeah. But everything's kind of leveled off now. Like the the spike has dropped back down to it's a... It's incredible how quickly that goes. It's like bang, bang. Um, and it's not nothing, but it's much more of a churn as opposed to a, like a onslaught. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just sort of not feeling bad about it. That was one of the things that I had to wrap my head around before. Um, the whole feast or famine phenomena where it's like all the work is happening and you have to work all the hours at once to get all the money because you don't know when the tide's going to come back in mm. and you don't know when you're going to have the next client so the thing i've been doing and working with my business coach what's up elaine um is that i've been laying the groundwork pretty regularly and i still get these rush like these rushes of everything happening at once and all the clients show up at once um but there's less panic when the tide rolls back out Mm. and it's okay it's time to like to run with the metaphor it's time to fix some nets patch up some boats take a look at other things like start to do all the maintenance work and that sort of thing um which is which kind of points to the necess- the how necessary downtime is. Mm. Like there's this notion of the eternal grind. You have to be up and at it and going and going and going. And it kind of wears you down and breaks you down after a while. And finally, you wind up sacrificing a lot of things up to and including stuff like your maintenance, um, like just keeping track of either your personal functioning or like the functioning of your business and the things in it. So I guess I'm trying to say, make more time for downtime. Like that is a very real and valid thing. Like fuck the eternal grind. Oh God. The eternal grind just turns you into meat. It's not a good meat. It's the leftover meat that we turn into American food, apparently. Meat. uh, Meat. 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 Oh, American culture. Meat. Um, So I'm so pumped. Mm. I called my stepmom for her birthday. (laughs) And she's like, I'm starting a blog. Oh, and I'm like, what? Tell me. Tell me about your blog. And she's like taking this class. From uh, a woman named Ruth Sukup, I think. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah. And um, my stepmother likes her vibe. And mm-hmm. that's really what you need from a teacher, right? Yes. Someone that you can fucking sit there and listen to. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I mean, they all basically say the same thing. Um, and 
and there's a sort of thing happening with these coach people where they do a thing they do tutorials on how to do the thing they did and then they do tutorials on the platforms that gave them the space okay. to do the thing they did right okay so this lady did fashion blogging so then she did how to be a fashion blogger mm -hmm. and now she's like well this is a blog right so she's my stepmom has signed up into this thing and she's so excited and i'm like oh my god i'm excited for you too mm -hmm. and i'm like also have you seen tiktok <laughs> I'm pretty sure this Ruth Sukup lady, she doesn't know nothing about TikTok. So when you're ready for TikTok, you hit me up. Oh. <laughs> because what my, my stepmother's doing is, um, it's, it's called Sally's Garden and Crafts, which is pretty broad as far as your niche, mm -hmm. right? But whatever. She's an old lady doing her arts and crafts. Hey. Fuck yeah. Go on, Totally Sally. into it. Um, she's got teas and uh, bath bombs and... What she wants to do is make her her blog is going to be about tutorials on how to make those things. All right. And she's starting with a blog because that's the medium that is easiest for her to produce on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, great. Dope. And the program that she's in, and it's a generational thing too. You don't want to use someone who's not someone that you're going to... Um, like I can go ahead, I can mess around. This is a, a woman who is, no, you do it this way, you wait until it makes sense and then you move on. You do not move ahead until you're ready to move on. And that's the kind of boundaries that my stepmother needs. Okay. So that's the game that she's playing with this woman. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to get her to be like, all right, well, if that, whatever they, they say doesn't make sense, here's what you do, right? You go to YouTube, you find your buzzwords, you search it in YouTube. YouTube being the second most popular search engine on the internet, by the way, which is real. Um, so Google has the top one and two. It's like, Bing, what are you doing? Uh, no one cares. Who? <laughs> <laughs> um, so like, you go to YouTube, you search your buzzwords and they'll tell you how to do the thing. It's incredible, the future. Um, so she was super, we were, we, it was so great to get to talk to her and she's like, yeah, I'm doing the thing. I'm like, Oh great. I get to help you. Yeah. You know? And, um, that was super fun. And then I went to my witch doctor or applied kinesiologist as it is colloquially known. <laughs> um, and she's like, uh, she's creating her own tinctures. Oh, and that's what those, so she has her own Instagram now. She just got on Instagram. And basically everybody, I'm like, dude, dude, have you heard about TikTok? Because uh, <laughs> I'm having so much fun on uh -huh. TikTok, basically. It is fun. Like the thing with popular music is they made it for you to love it. And whether you know it or not, dear audience, it's made with science and also witchcraft for you to love it. An eye of newt. Uh, I mean, they don't have an eye of newt, but like the Illuminati is in that shit, making you love it. It's just, that's just real. So the way that they operate the music industry is like gangsters and you don't get to play 
unless you've paid. Payola. Right. Yeah. Well, payola is a That's real a... word. You know that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they have already negotiated the songs. So you have what's probably a very limited catalog to select from. Mm. And it's not just songs, but it's also like movies and comedy sketches and a bunch of stuff that you can choose from. It's basically musically, but a new version of that that's sort of also like Snapchat with all the filters and shit. So all of my all of my clients, I'm like, oh no, no, you can do this. My my I'm gonna as soon as I can sit down with my squeeble friend, I'll be like, yo, we need the squeebles doing music videos on TikTok. And like with my friend, the witch doctor, I was she showed me her Instagram page. Like she hasn't got any hashtags yet. She hasn't got, she doesn't know the game. It's still new. And I'm so pumped to be playing the game and teaching my friends. And it kind of like, my sister had a boyfriend a while ago, many years ago, obviously she's married and has kids and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, dude, hella years ago. He says, God, Rebecca, you're so trendy. And he like he meant it as an insult, and I was like, cool, you know, whatever. And it stuck with me. It's like this weird thing where like he totally was not he was he was trying to be a good friend mm. and offer me some critical feedback. And that's great, thank you, friend. But you don't feel me. You don't know what I'm doing. And there's like the meta experience of the same the same brain that is like I love Plato and I love this broad view, looks at popular culture and not just the song, not just motherfucking, you know, Post Malone or whatever the fuck it is now. Cause it's always something. Who? It changes all the time. Uh, oh. It's okay. Post Malone rocks Crocs and that's all you need to know about my love of Post Malone. Okay. <laughs> He's got his own limited edition Croc. Ah. Uh. Uh. My boyfriend's listening to the podcast right now saying, God damn it, you did not even have to talk about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so I do keep track of this shit. I do, it's fascinating to me. <laughs> and you can tell a lot about our culture from this information. It's not just the song. It's that, it's that Ariana Grande, her boyfriend and her broke up over New Year's and he killed himself. And she took fucking heat. Like, like, like whatever drama you feel like you have in your life, you do not understand the motherfucking heat that she was taking over Twitter about this. Like, everyone was blaming her for his death. Shit was fucked up. And she turned that into the best-selling album in history. She just broke the Beatles fucking record from the 60s. Cause that shit was real and she did that live on social media and it connected to people in their fucking real goddamn heart hole. And she is literally the only artist, single artist to sell like that in history. Cause that shit got real. And that's a platform. That's what we're doing here. That's what we're learning about and keeping our honesty and integrity mm-hmm. in what we're doing, right? Like, my stepmother wants to play her game. Great, we gotta do all these tools, but you gotta be in there. You gotta be with it. My, you know, witch doctor wants to do all this shit. You gotta be, you gotta know where people are. Find who you're talking to. Find who you're talking to. Oh, 
That makes me wonder if I should talk about my work stuff now. Oh, wait. So that, like, when you hear Ariana Grande, that thank you next, mm-hmm. know the backstory. Understand that the reason that this song is so popular is because she is speaking to something so deep and real in our culture that no one, like, people are afraid to talk about that sense of gratitude. Like, yes, I took all this heat. Yes, I had this terrible relationship. Thank you, next. Um, that got a little rambly. It's okay. That's all right. There's That's a, all right. There's one more point I want to make. Yeah, that 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 realness, that's what TikTok's playing with. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you do, you can find something to play with on TikTok and, and tap into some deep realness in our popular culture that what was I, put together by the Illuminati. What I found interesting was that because I was vaguely aware of TikTok as a thing somewhere off in the ether, but not really, like it was not part of my day-to-day circle. And you showed me all the stuff on it this morning, like different feeds and different, I don't, they're like little clips. And the one that stood out to me was the orthodontist. Not because he was an orthodontist, and maybe it was because I had an orthodontist, like I wore braces for a good six years. So like all the questions he was asking in the videos, like I remember each and every one of those fucking questions like, i'm gonna have to link to this orthodontist oh the, the orthodontist but, is go ahead finish i'm sorry well no but the thing with it is that uh i had been you have been showing me all the other videos that the the teens i don't know what the age bracket is it's definitely younger than me it's young young um, and they're doing all these really fabulous things playing with the cuts playing with the makeup playing with the effects and what the orthodontist did wasn't necessarily as graceful or as polished. It wasn't as, flashy at all. No, but it followed the same pace Format. and rhythm. Mm-hmm. And the other person in the clip that he was playing off of was someone who I could see being, having their own TikTok channel. Mm-hmm. And when the camera cut to her, she was playing like with the... She knew exactly. what was up. Yeah, and she was playing along, and then it cut back to him, and he's just like, doo doo mm-hmm. It was adorable. It was super adorable. And I love, like, there's the orthodontist one that I showed you, and yeah. there's also a bunch of words, like, a, I'm sure they're, they're PE coaches, right? But they do, like, the little dances. There's a bunch of songs where there's, like, a specific dance move that goes with it, and then, mm. so, like, you'll see a dozen kids, groups of kids doing these little dance numbers. Mm. Super cute was you'll see... Um, parents and children mm-hmm. where like the kid is teaching their parent the dance move that shit just warmed my goddamn heart of oh course. my god that was so cute and the other thing will be like a coaches and kids in class doing it mm-hmm. um the the sad thing is i feel like there's a bit of like bam margera which for those of you that don't know he is the person that literally started jackass from, from, I thought that sounded familiar. Right? From, from from MTV. And the one that we know is... God, what is that guy's name? I'll think of it in a second. Um, 
there was a different guy that actually brought it to MTV and he was sort of the face of Jackass. Mm-hmm. But before Jackass was this thing, I think it was called Can't, Can't Kill You or Camp Kill You. I can't remember which one. And it was Bam Margera and his skater friends. And what they did was they took the skateboard videos and what they used to be and probably what they still are is it's just you see the kid playing with his skateboard and doing all the tricks on the skateboard but between those there'll be like little silly skits or pranks or shit like that Mm -hmm. and what bam margera did is he did a video that was just that it was just the pranks just the games just the bullshit like mindless destruction of whatever the fuck was around weird um Oh my god, it was so funny. They the one of them, he was just he had a huge penis, and he enjoyed doing like little penis puppet skits, mm-hmm. which was just hilarious. Well, I mean, yeah. also part of his game was he would do his penis puppet game and let like get his penis bitten by a variety of stuff. <laughs> it's just like if you're gonna play cock games, I appreciate that. That's the that's where we're at. Cool. All right. But that was his game, and one of his main, Bam Margera's famous thing was he would set up a camera in his parents' bathroom, and when his father would sit down to take a shit, he would come in and beat the shit out of him while he's sitting on the toilet with a camera on him. And that would be the footage that goes out on his thing. And one of his most famous images the posters that you would sell in the fucking malls, right? That the teenagers put on their wall. Um, is his dad, like with his arms up in like a defensive, please don't hurt me place. And Bam Margera like stepping over him with a toilet plunger on his head. And like, that's just like the level of respect that these kids have for folks. And, you know, that was, uh, that was the late 90s. We've had a couple generations now of kids learning and building off of this. So one of the things on TikTok that I find particularly hilarious, well, not hilarious, but like sad, funny, like society is sad, funny way, um, is like lots of kids doing this thing where like the first one that I saw was like this girl and her dad. And you think it's going to be the we're teaching you this dance move thing. And it turns into a song that is makes her dad really uncomfortable, which is the Hey, you girls, pop your pussy like this song. Which oh. I love that song. I, mm-hmm. I'm not playing it in front of my dad. No. He would not appreciate it. No. And, like, the caption is even, oh, my God, I got in so much trouble for this. Like, who are the parents that are leaving the kids these phones after these fucking skits gets, like, just. I do no. not understand. You are. F- mm. Anyway, these are parents making their own decisions with their kids. Anyway, that's one of the things you're going to see on TikTok. Lots of, you know, teen shenanigans. And as we're sitting here talking about the teen shenanigans, one more time, you need the red circle. So you got to hit it twice. Well, we're talking about like, this is just teen shenanigans and bullshit. Well, yes, it is teen shenanigans and bullshit. And maybe you do not want to advertise to teenagers and that's fair. However, you should know that those teenagers grow up. And what you're doing is taking the opportunity to introduce yourself to them and when they grow up later and they have a problem that maybe even vaguely relates to what the fuck you're doing they're going to go to you first you've taken the time to be there and hang out with them and get to know them and be kind of silly and participate in the whether you want to participate in a vulnerable way or not it's vulnerable 
<laughs> you can get real and it's cool. And like you were talking about with this orthodontist, like he's not as polished as the rest of them. No. I love him so much for playing along. Yeah. So uh, that's a mini rant on uh, mini TikTok and deep into my family business. Oh. <laughs> that makes me wonder, like, why? Um, mm. Like the whole fucking with your parents like that. I don't know. Again, I was the kind of jackass that thought that thing was funny. And to a point, but it was because the relationship with my parents wasn't, um, I feel like suburbanites have a lot in common with that mentality. Like that's just a totally suburban, a white yeah. suburban upper middle class, more privileged than sense position. Like, how could you possibly treat your parents that way? Yeah. <laughs> but further, how do your parents allow you to treat them that way? Also, yes. So it's a it's a like, thing that what? is very unique to um, privilege in suburbia and whiteness. So it's that you have this amazing thing, and you're gonna just to be like so shitty to it. Like I I I yeah. I mean, I'm, I was raised to be an entitled piece of shit. That's the thing that I say all the time. Yeah. And it's taken... I, like, I grew up in a city, in an all-black city. Mm-hmm. So, like... Black folks don't do that dumb shit. I saw that, like, I remember seeing Jackass and, like, doing this. Mm-hmm. You can't see my face. It's but, just, like, just screwed up. Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I came and... I'm not saying that this behavior is necessarily healthy, but I definitely came up in a family that's like, we will kill you. <laughs> no, I my family would too. I mean, they would. Like, they would. There's no. a reason that I also. There's also a reason that I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure my parents would have just. My mother would have just smothered me in my sleep if it was too too far back in history. She would have just. She'd been like, yeah, this one's a dead. I don't like, know. We got five more. <laughs> and it's not. Again, I'm not advocating that. No, 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 no. no. It's just like, it's the, the generational differences of like, you know, <laughs> we also, I feel like both of us also grew up with corporal punishment. Oh like, yeah. We got the shit beat out of us by our parents probably. Yeah. yeah that's fine. That was normal. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did give my definition of spanking to my parents recently and they were like, what? It's a sexual act only to be practiced between consenting adults. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it upset you know, my parents too. Damn. <laughs> they just—they didn't—they didn't react bad. They just kind of looked at me like, oh, oh, okay. That's—I hear you. <laughs> yeah, nobody's even gonna argue with that because they don't even have a position. Like, even if, there's nowhere to argue to. They just don't want to yeah. have this conversation. Like, if you want to have the conversation, we can. It's. it's I'm ready. Totally, Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> This is where growth happens. I'm so glad I don't have to beat the shit out of my kids. I'm still, I still threaten them. Like, not like, you know, I'll be, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to threaten, you know, I'm going to hurt you or whatever. But I still use like, um, my anger Mm. to a degree. To steer. To steer where they're at. Like, like, yeah, it's still an absolute game. I'm still like. I still have to apologize to them later and make it clear to them, like, I was raised to be a jackass and I'm raising you to not. So just because you see me do it, please, please. <laughs> make note. Make note. This is not acceptable. Do as I say, not as I do. I I am working in therapy to not do this anymore. 
You could stop right now. I've been working 20 years, and you could stop right now. <laughs> it's so yeah. much easier for you. <laughs> um, you are we our segment? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Cool. I have oh, to actually... Wait. Yeah, we have to plug it in. Plug it in. And where's my dot? Adventures. Cord. Oh, there it is. And we're back. Action, otherwise known as business. Otherwise known as business. With my headphones, even. Okay, Ooh. so the business is good. Yeah, it is. Do you want to start business? It really is. Oh, where do I start? Well, I could talk about needles and Narcan. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't want Narcan. I mean, I mean, it is useful to have around. If you need it, yes. Yes. Uh, so, as an organizer, I encounter a lot of interesting situations and interesting objects. Sometimes I encounter um, people's needles and not necessarily a, an individual's rig, although not gonna cast any aspersions there. This particular situation was someone who died and before they died were administering their own transfusions at home. So they had a full, you know, get up and a lot of the other medical gear i could distribute to other places there are venues that accept me uh, medical gear for redistribution mm -hmm. and it's it's very useful um what is it in in sf it's sf cares and i think in oakland it's home cares mm -hmm. um but they don't accept unused syringes that you know still in the blister packs and still in all everything so Needle exchanges. Mm -hmm. They make people uncomfortable. Uh, when I brought up the fact that I was going to take them to the needle exchange, there was a lot of squeamishness and like, ah, uh, whoa, are you sure? Really? Like, yeah. Okay. You could just take them to the police. What? Uh, yeah. What? Like, I'm, I'm sorry. That is not you're, their department at all. You're asking, <laughs> and this is the part where I made a very dark joke like staring like, at the sky like what the fuck how does that even make sense you're asking okay, a black hey, woman to take a giant bag just, of okay. needles to the police department with my tea carry on i'm sorry no that's a formula for bad stuff to go down so i took the needles to the needle exchange instead also i love the needle exchange separate of whatever drama with the police's thing like that's yeah. just again it's just definitely it's, not their department but like the needle exchange is also awesome it's right there did not realize it was the same venue where I went to get trained in Narcan administration. So. I was looking for the crossover. Carry on. <laughs> I got trained to carry, you know, administer and carry Narcan because I work with some of everyone in some of everywhere. And different people have different coping mechanisms. Sometimes, and I try to avoid, like, if I realize that someone's been drinking before we come to work, let's reschedule. Mm -hmm. They may or may not use something, and they may or may not use something before I show up. I don't know. I don't know their business. I'm not in it. Right. So having Narcan handy just seems like prudent. A good thing to have handy. Um. So I got trained. Got my little card that you fill out with your information and i got two emergency kits with like a dose dose each but it's 
at the time it was injectable um, because I think nasal had just come out, but they were keeping nasal specifically for people who were active users because it's easier to administer. Right. It's like just right up the nose and you're done. So I've had these two injectable kits and I have not had to use them, thankfully. But when I took all these needles to the needle exchange, like, he, you all might be able to use these or at least know how to dispose of them properly. And they're like, excellent. Thank you for thinking of us. Hey, are you trained in how to administer Narcan? I'm like, funny, you should mention that. I actually am. They're like, cool. Do you need another kit? It's like, well, now that you mention it, I have two injectable kits. They were like, would you like the nasal administer? And before they could get the word out, I was like, yes, because while I am down for helping and being a good Girl Scout, I am also squeamish as fuck around needles. So yeah. hell yeah, give me the thing that's just the squirty up the nose. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> so now I have the nasal kit as well as the regular kit. They also gave me a small sharps container. That's awesome. Such yeah. a good community care. Yeah. That's such a... Because, oh. like, sometimes I will come across sharps. Mm -hmm. Either, like, on, while walking in the neighborhood. It happens. Or at a client's home. It happens. Sharps are around. So having, like, the little portable sharps container in my work bag, I, I feel much more like, yes, this is good. And they were like, when it fills up, bring it to us and we'll give you a fresh one. I was like, you are so awesome. Thank you. That's such oh such good community involvement. So, oh yeah. my god, and I mean, love like, them. It's not it's not organizing per se, but like one of the things that I said, I made an Instagram post about it. Um, and in the post or in the conversation that kind of spawned off of the post was um, that even though this isn't something that is directly tied to organizing, it is a facet of people's lives, mm -hmm. whether we like it or are willing to accept it or not. And being able to address people in that particular moment and being able to help optimize a situation that could be absolutely hellish if there was no recourse, if somebody was entering an overdose state, mm -hmm. that's, that's real. Mm -hmm. Parentheses, like the reason... Uh, everybody's on about the Narcan lately isn't necessarily because everyone's on opiates, but because, what is it, fentanyl? It's is, the fentanyl in the fent opiates. Yeah, and fentanyl so is adulterating so many other things people now. People that know how to do their drugs suddenly have a thing that is really fucking them up. Yeah. So, so suddenly it's a big problem, yeah. which is where the overdoses are coming from. It's all over the country, these and overdoses. And it's in some of everything. So it's not even that I'm expecting somebody to be injecting heroin or anything like that no or not you know like taking oxycontin they're mostly smoking but oxycontin but but it's that it's adulterating other intoxicants and that's where the risk is and mm. that's where it's like if they get some form of intoxicated before i show up i don't know the purity of what they're dealing with mm -hmm. again i'm not in the business um but this is this is just the reality of the public at large. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's really just good community care. Like, mm -hmm. I have my CPR card. I have my mm -hmm. first aid card. Mm -hmm. I should really do this training because mm -hmm. it is a nationwide epidemic, um, opiate overdoses. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's less of an issue here in, in our specific area, but it's still a big issue in our country, and that's a, 
awesome. Yeah, like it, it is I real. I am so glad they have a nasal. That oh. makes it more that makes it more accessible for me because I'm not going to be like, I don't want to poke people. Yeah. Like I can totally patch you up. If you've got a hole, I am happy to patch you up. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not here to put a hole in you. I feel like I just, that's above my pay grade. I'm gonna let somebody else do that. (laughs) I am so here for like, you know, you got a hole. Cool. I got a lot of, I've got a variety of bandages. Yes. I can, you can come at me with a variety of sizes of hole and I could probably ho- ho- like get you stable get you to, get to the thing, you know, to, no, that's, to the that's above real. my pay grade place. But I also, I also <laughs> wanted to send some love to the needle exchanges and the harm reduction people in the world. Yes. We will totally put that in the show notes because I am also a big fan of them. They, they do needle exchange at the back of the Safeway and mm-hmm. I always give them love when I see them because it is a pretty thankless job, honestly. I forget that like I am so stoked about this as a thing because it's mm. it's safer. It's it's about keeping people safe, and I don't understand why people have a problem with that. But then I forget that people have the problem with the shaming of drug users. It's the moral judgment. Mm, good times. My job is to not give moral judgments. And by good times, I mean fucking hell. What the hell is wrong with people? Uh, mm. 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 Harm reduction. Team harm reduction. Every That's time. right. Team harm reduction. So, uh, so guess what happened? What happened? Like an hour before you got here. Oh, 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 dear listeners. We made it onto iTunes, dear listeners. Oh, I don't have like a noisemaker. It doesn't matter. We can, ah, no, we have like, we have seven, this is episode seven and we are now available on on iTunes. Boom. Like a grown up media company. (laughs) Um, the problem was is my cussing, which I mean, I knew that was a problem. Dear <sighs> listeners, with the thoughts of having a podcast, you have to have a hundred percent of your descriptions profanity free. Profanity free. That thing that I thought I thought earlier, <laughs> that was not true. You the what was I saying earlier that it was just a little mini description? No, that the is not higher. Entire, entire description must be free of anything possibly offensive to which i'm likely to respond by putting all of our descript our, our show notes are likely to get migrated to medium because we, we curse b- we curse just to get through this gauntlet i had to install a um a plugin on my browser so that i could <laughs> filter the each individual page i just looked at each single oh god took me a long time because i can't see them i don't see them what cracks me up is that when you described it to me you said i put a fucking filter on the (laughs) fucking browser to determine where the profanity was and i just stared at you like did you just hear yourself (laughs) i did not i grew up I grew up with the, the the kids with the scarcity. Like, I grew up in suburbia, but, like, in the part of, like, yeah, whatever. I didn't give a fuck. Anyway, my parents tried to have a double standard about cussing. I'm not going to have a double standard about cussing with my children. I'm going to teach my children that there are times and places that this is appropriate. Yes. And they're actually pretty smart. There's, even at four years old. They're tools. They're smart. They're tools. They know that they will get in trouble at school if this shit happens. Anyway, so we are on iTunes I'm going to shift the show notes to medium. The uh-huh. link will be in the where the show notes, you know. Yeah. We did it at the beginning. When I first first started, we were doing it on medium. Right. We're just going to go back go to Go back that. to that. Easier. Anyway, 
So that is the first really big I am so stoked for yeah. us news. The second the second podcast homework stuff is I basically just put a lot of energy into understanding more about um the existing environment, right? Mm. So there are certain companies that are producing most of the podcasts. Yes. Right? There's actually three. There are three companies producing almost every single podcast you listen to. If you listen to anything but this one, because they're not paying me. God damn, I want that dollar. But I don't want their dollars, really, honestly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, one of them is uh, the number one is NPR and radio is their gig. This is just the, you know, yeah, the, the new extension, the new digital platform of, of radio. So obviously they are set up to do this game and they are going heavy. They have their own app. They're on all the platforms. Mm-hmm. I listen to their shit all the time. Uh, yeah. Even before I was doing any of this, I was listening to their shit. I love them. Um, the other one is iHeartRadio. Mm. And what I don't think folks understand about iHeartRadio is um, they are, uh, they used to be Clear Channel. Oh. Oh. Oh, I have your attention now, don't I? Go oh, on. I do. <laughs> um, when Bain Capital uh-huh. did the thing, uh. they changed the name to iHeartRadio from Clear Channel. And what people, most people don't know about Clear Channel, I mean, they know that they own a bunch of radio stations, rah, rah, rah. What they don't know about Clear Channel is they are the largest public advertisers in America. And by public advertisers, I mean people who have billboards in public spaces. Mm-hmm. So the people who own the majority of the billboards along highways in America is Clear Channel. Well, formerly Clear Channel, now iHeartRadio. All of my favorite love to hate them and listen to them while hating them stuff is on the iHeartRadio platform. Just straight up. Like they are, they're, they're, you know, all of the, uh, yeah, good times. Anyway, um, I'm not going to name drop any of them because I just can't. I just won't allow myself to do it. So, um, that's there they have that platform and so they're the number two um that's the individual shows that list right there mm-hmm. um and the third one is the wondery which is the one that like nobody you know basically they're bringing back the radio show where it's just like a story time ah so like when you look at the top the top list there yeah i'm looking you at you can the, see iHeartRadio. radio you the can see new york list. times you can see you know, This American Life, which is technically a subset of NPR. Mm-hmm. Um, depending, when you actually go to, maybe it's, no. Uh, when you go to the top 10 page on iTunes, you'll mm. see a bunch of stuff. It's obviously, it'll be like mysteries or fucking crime dramas or whatever the fuck it is, right? The stuff that... It's like that trashy novel section in the grocery store. Hey, right? don't knock the trashy novel I'm section. Not. I'm not. I'm right. saying that it's a large enough market that it gets a chunk of the grocery store. Mm. All right? And that's your number three market on, on your fucking podcast. For the people that don't want to read stuff but still need that trashy drama. Okay? I'm not into that, personally. And this is actually what this is pod... 
PodTrack is a um, a third party tracking okay platform. I don't know what the fuck you'd call it. Um, I could supposedly submit to them or something. I don't know. I haven't really dug too much into them. I did spend a lot of, a lot more time on the iTunes because iTunes is the it's the inventor such... of the the pod the iPod and that's where we get the podcast. So, you know, I made it into the club. Well, now that you're over that hurdle. <laughs> I worked. I worked real hard for yeah. that. And I've worked for like two months for that. Yeah. Well, like celebrate a that. month for that. And I guess we had to wait. A, we had to wait a month. Mm-hmm. So I waited. And now we have a good thing like, on there. Maybe we can make it on the new and notable. Maybe. Who knows? That could be cool. That'd be fancy. I'm into that. So that's my. Yeah. Like celebrate that. Mm. Yeah. What else has been going on? Stuff has, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, stuff has kind of reached a dull roar for me. I like that. It's good kind for of, you. Yeah, like, okay. Oh, I can kind of pause, catch my breath, and go, all right. Start picking up the pieces, things that are left. Yeah. Like, Feast and famine is hard yeah. the first couple cycles of it. Once you get the hang of it, it gets it's, a little easier. Yeah. I mean, even when it gets, quote unquote, easier, when that when it hits, you're just like, Oh, this again. Okay. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's like, even if you run marathons or run half marathons, like there are some days when you go for a long run that it's just grueling full stop. Mm-hmm. Like even if you've done the training, you just know the ways in which it will suck. Yeah. Uh, and that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> so I'm glad that's over with. Um, I, it's, it's March. It is National Women's uh, yeah. Month. And I would like to give another shout out to Ariel Clark. Oh, God, I love her. And her She's how part t- of the reason why I was getting denied from iTunes. I forgot her uh, thing has fuck in the title. Yeah, because her <laughs> thing is how to be a woman and not I give, give a, a fuck. fuck. Uh. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. There are things that happen where I'm not going to say everybody, but I think I've talked before about how my instinct is to be quiet, to shut down, to withhold opinion, to not be more than like, just keep things in check. If you mm-hmm. go unnoticed, it's safer that way. That's sort of a surprise. Don't get your uppity too up. Yeah, like it's, you know, stay, mm-hmm. fly under the radar. It's better down there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I was never good at that game. Oh, God. Carry no. And it, Sorry. But part of that is making nice and accommodating and mm. being concerned with perception and a lot of that. And there is genuine power in deciding, like, wait a minute. Is this something I care about? And at first blush might be, yes, yes, this is something I care about. I, I am concerned about this sort of thing. But sometimes you have to ask yourself like two or three or maybe four times, is this something I'm really cool with? And as you start to dig down and peel off the layers of things that you've built up, the answer starts to show itself and it's different than the one that you had at the beginning. The answer is no. I don't care about this. Mm-mm. And when you re-engage... That was sort of what happened with me with the fitness. It was just yeah, like, like, do I care? Under stress. 
Oh, no, Ooh. actually. Mm-mm. So then there's that revisiting, like, the, uh, the world and your place in it and trying to figure out how to maneuver. And it's, wait a do I do I give a fuck? Is this something I give a fuck about? And the answer is a resounding no. I actually don't. And there is a freedom in realizing that you don't have to be concerned with someone else's perceptions. Wondering what the fuck I'm talking about but while talking about not giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. Might also be <laughs> be giving a fuck, but we have a strategy. Uh, there, there's a long game happening here. Yes, there's definitely. Yeah, game. it's like mm, future sh- future content, dear audience. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're gonna hear about those later. Mm. Carry on. Do mm. you want a new terse lip? Teeth grinding. But all that to say, if you are moving through the world concerned about how you appear. If you are concerned with other people's opinion, fuck that shit. Mm. And Mm. if you need help, encouragement for that, I would say look up Ariel Clark. (gasps) Oh, we're going to add that to the show notes because I love her too. And she's got, you know, she's got like some guided meditations, right? How many though? I can't remember how many. But have you have you listened to the? I haven't. Oh. <laughs> I should. I oh, should check that so out. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. No, there's one like the uh, the fuck it meditation, which is. So what platform is this? It's I not on it's, Inside Timer. No, no, no. It's on uh, Sanity and Self. I okay. think is the name of the platform. Okay, I'll look that up. You know, they're they're in the Bay. It's like, they're of course. Uh, yeah. Like one does. <laughs> um, but no, like to just to. Like, bring the meditation and the not giving a fuck or selective fuck giving mm. together. Like, yeah, check curate, it out. Curate your fucks, dear audience. Yes. Curate your fucks given. Yes. Deliberate. You have a finite amount fucks of given. fucks. And you have to decide. There are finite fucks. There yes. are not infinite fucks to be given. No, there's a finite number and you have to decide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a rantifesto for us. Oh. I have it good. It's going to be protect protectionism in the arts uh, but first i have to pee okay rantifesto rantifesto time kids here's the thing protectionism in the arts is literally the ultimate contradiction because art is free <laughs> art is meant to be free free my friends and this is the part where i'm going to say something maybe that like our friends who are artists will not like because there are plenty of artists who subscribe to this protectionism specifically this week motherfucking steven spielberg had to be a whining baby about roma winning an oscar or a few apparently and like (sighs) the fuck is wrong with you man you don't have enough movies like i mean yeah you gotta be mad breathe breathe you gotta be mad be mad at people what the hell (laughs) so i love netflix's response to the we're gonna i'm gonna read netflix's response we love cinema yes here are some things we also love access for people who can't always afford or live in towns without theaters letting everyone everywhere enjoy releases at the same time and giving film filmmakers more ways to share art it's a 
infinite game, friends. And could you start the the oh the thing? Ooh, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, what protectionism in the arts is adding a finite game to what could otherwise be an infinite game? It could be amazing. Art is amazing, and there's no reason why we should be engaging in this kind of protectionism. Like Spielberg's rant about this sort of reminds me of something that happened in the 90s for the almost no one that paid attention to this. In the 90s, Magic the Gathering was trying to be a serious sport. And it was like literally on, uh, it was on actual uh, ESPN3, which is, you know, we were like, oh my God, this is so cool. And like in one of the tournaments, very big, big tournament, in the last game, there's a card called a Chaos Orb. It's an artifact, and you toss it over the over your opponent's field of play, and anything that it falls on, your opponent has to remove from the game. Great. Very basic card. The, the player takes the card, the Chaos Orb, shreds it into a million teeny little pieces, and then just sprinkles it across the other field of play and that other player had to throw all of his cards out of the game and he lost and the tantrum that this player threw at the end of the game means that there's now a rule in magic the gathering that says in tournament play you cannot play with any marred or defaced cards that was not a rule before this thing I think that's pretty damn clever. I mean, like, that was this... clever. You win. That was an expensive card. That was a rare card. That kid make a huge sacrifice. He wasn't just sacri- like the, the, in the on the card it says sacrifice. Yeah. Like that's the way you activate it is you sacrifice. And in the game it means you put it in the in the graveyard, which I say in quotes, which is a place of the field. You shuffle your deck again at the end of you pull a graveyard, shuffle it again. Yeah. No, this kid destroyed his card to win the game, and that is some commitment to play that I I respect. <laughs> like you understood the rules in a way that this no one thought about that. I love you. Right. And the same thing Netflix is doing right now, disrupting the movie industry. I love them for that. I love how sexy, uh, what that eight one was, uh, ocean, not ocean eight. It was eight. Yes. Oh my God. Hmm. That was the best. That was like some of the best TV I've ever seen. Anyway. So like Netflix is giving us more of the things that we want as the user and as someone who's the king of the pile, Steven Spielberg, who's been feeding me brilliant moments since like literally one of my first movies that I remember in the drive-in, because that's how old I am, was E.T. E.T. Oh, okay. Yeah. He has been the king of the pile for a long time. You really let you, you really can't let the other kids play? You fucking serious right now? You're like, you're about to change the rules so that Netflix doesn't get to participate? because you're so butthurt seriously man calm down it's movies it's supposed to be fun we're supposed to be having fun remember the fun remember the fun we were having when we were making movies in the 90s and the 80s it was good times there's like that steven spielberg like ah moment there's a thing in all the steven spielberg movies where, where just, everybody where has just somebody's that. just staring dumbfounded into the distance 
Yes. While the lights change. It's that, cool. That is a It's a feature. whole thing. He's got a whole thing. He's made a whole thing for himself. Why you gotta hate, man? And it's this thing that we've learned. And I want to tell you exactly where we learned it. We learned it from Elvis. And what Elvis did, I love the way you look at me when I'm crazy. What Elvis did was Elvis took art and for corporate America made them turn it into units. Oh, yeah. Because before Elvis, the business model wasn't even about units. But after Elvis, oh, shit. Now it's all about the units. And for people that have never worked in the music industry and do not understand when I say units, that's an actual specific thing that refers to the sale of your product, the song that you produced as an artist. Now, the problem that I have with this is we are saying a copy of your art is the value of your art. And I fundamentally disagree with that. I believe that your performance of the art is the art. That is where the value is. A copy of that, in any, any permutation of a copy of that, isn't your art. The live thing connected to me is the art. And artists like Louis Armstrong, who is a fucking pillar of jazz, obviously, he toured to within weeks of the end of his life. He was touring into his 80s. Musicians that we grew up with, we didn't have the, I didn't get to see the Pixies. I could see the Pixies now if I wanted to. They tour, they keep going. You gotta keep working. You gotta, that's where the money is for the artist. But the money for the corporation that's doing the distribution of the artist, now we're talking about a different game. That is the conversation we had last season. And that's the protectionist game. That is the game where I have to argue with my friends all the time about they want to protect their art. They want to protect the value of their art. They want to say, you can't use my art in a way that I disapprove of. Which I appreciate that you don't want to, you don't want, you would like to be able to approve and disapprove of things, but you don't get to approve and disapprove of the thoughts that I have. That is just not a thing that anyone gets to do. And I understand that you want to extract as much value from the valuable things that you've produced as possible. And that's obviously what capitalism teaches us. I am trying to convince people that it is more powerful and more useful to put your energy into producing for the future than it is putting all of your energy into protecting your past. And when we get into copyright, and arguing about copyright, that's what we're doing. We're taking all of our energy and all of our dollars and our resources and we're putting it into defending our past. Also pissing off our fans in most cases. At least we forget about the history of Metallica where, you know, when the Black Album came out, we were like, oh my God, those sellouts, they made an album that people wanted to listen to. That was our standard for sellout. You made an album that somebody wanted to listen to, which honestly, that sounds dope. I would love to sell out. I will fill that shelf again and I would love to sell out again, please. That sounds great. Then, then in the 90s, they redefined selling out because they are the first band maybe ever to sue their fans. And that's what they chose to do in response to Napster. 
I had a friend that didn't even download the Metallica track themselves. It was a gift from somebody else. But anybody with any Metallica tracks in their Napster account was blocked forever. Conversely, I believe it's Iron Maiden. They found out people but downloading their shit. And this is far more recently. Mm. They found out people downloading their shit. Oh my God, there's a lot of people in Brazil downloading my shit. I'm not actually sure this is the correct country. Anyway, people in Brazil downloading my shit. You know what? They sold out, sold out a tour in Brazil. Because now you know where your fans are. That part, that distribution control thing that the company had, they don't have it anymore. That's what the democratization of the internet gives us. It's that direct-to-consumer thing. Well, you're not giving anything away. It's an exchange. They're giving you something, too. You get information. You know where they are now. You can book your own tour. You can give your shit away, see where it's popping, and then just book a tour and keep all your money. When you allow the company to tell you what to do with your art, I promise they will fuck you. That's their job, is to fuck you. And when you start regurgitating their mantras about copyright, you are fucking yourself for them. It is funny, but it's not, because it's true. And people want to, there's two examples that like kind of, one in my favor and one out of my favor, and I'm gonna give you both of them. So the in my favor is fashion. There's no copyright protection in fashion. You have to have a utilitarian function to the way the fuck you're putting that fabric together to get some kind of copyright mm. or patent in this case. Yeah. There's no copyright on fashion. You just have to put out better fashion than the people, people next to you. That's the bottom line. And that's where H&M started pissing people off because they started being able to produce it faster. And if they, then they can get it out, you know, they, they can set trends then because they can get it out faster and then everybody gets all pissed off. Well, no, it just made you better. That competition will make you better because there's an artificial slowness to the way they're producing it anyway. But then there's the onslaught. Then there's also the, you know, the negative. <laughs> yes, in, in the case of the actual fashion, we're producing a garment that goes into a landfill. It's a separate issue with the environmentalism. I'm talking about the art. Ah. So if we were just to draw pictures and say that that's the fashion, that's you know what I mean? That's the argument I'm making. The Conversely, the thing outside of my movies, there's no live distribution for movies, except for this Netflix thing now. Oh, yeah. Netflix is now doing this thing that I've been saying, oh, Thanks, it's too Netflix. hard. We can't do this for movies. The, the movie industry is so deeply bloated with human labor everywhere that doesn't need to be there. And it's part of the things that I rant about positively, you know, with the way that technology goes. Now I can produce this whole fucking show for no dollars. This would be like a crew of five people, mm, right? Mm -hmm. I don't need that. I can do this all by myself. Well, you know, on the other side of that, there's a bunch of people that have been put out of work. Like I went to, you know, a barbecue at my friend's house, you know, with all of our artists, carny friends, like the videographers are struggling. Audio people are struggling. Like, like, you know, the people have already known that the audio industry is going downhill, but the videographers are new to the scene. They're new to this party. Like okay. we've been struggling. 
the the audio engineer kids have been on this ride since the the late nineties. The videographers are just getting to the scene now because of YouTube and all this accessibility stuff, right? Okay. The part that I have a drone that it cost me less than a thousand dollars. That that thing gives me shots that required a helicopter, with a crew of four people, or a crane, and a crew of five people. Like, we're putting people out of business with this technology, but they really didn't need to be there. So now it's becoming a single vision and direct to consumer, which eliminates a lot of crew, which is kind of a problem. Because those crews have unions, and I love those unions. They're actually important unions. But the ground is changing beneath The ground is, is shifting beneath them, and they're not moving fast enough. They're not being flexible, and the way that the union work is, is more, and they're not willing to cut back on anything to be flexible is to stay with it. And I don't want to also don't want to appear anti-union because... What I love about unions is when they become a union, they do exactly the work that they need to do mm. when they are born. Over time, I see unions becoming another tool of oppression because people choose to outsource their accountability and the what they want to... Um, there's accountability and planning that they outsource to the union the same way they outsourced to the management before. Ugh. So when things are terrible, people get active, they pay attention to what's happening, they're like, oh, I'm gonna be involved. And then once the union is there, they're like, yeah, I'm good, the union's got it. And in some industries, the union does have it because there's safety concerns. So in a lot of ways, the protectionism from the unions in the shows is like there's rigging guys and yeah. they are in charge of heavy things that don't want to drop on people. You need to pay them. Listen to them. You need to listen to them. Um, on the other hand, they I've absolutely had union thugs show up to my show and try to intimidate me. Right? And like... I've worked in like cities like Vegas and the, the word on the street is Chicago is even worse than Vegas um, where you literally can't do anything. You cannot use a drill. You're not allowed to use a drill unless you're a union for the union at the convention center in Las Vegas. And you just wait. And so like everybody, you know, you've got a convention in the convention hall, like everybody's setting up at the same time. Do you have any idea how impossible it is to get your union to come put your booth together? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. like, like, oh my God. <laughs> so somewhere in there, there's a breakdown. Somewhere there's a breakdown. And what I really love, just to not leave it like hella, like hard on unions, is uh, co-ops. What I really advocate for is really... I feel like the next generation of union will be co-ops. And that's not just for me. Um, I think it's in uh, uh, Robert Reich. I, uh, he's an economist at uh, UC Berkeley, mm -hmm. uh, Saving Capitalism. Mm -hmm. it's, I believe that's in his book, that one. I will link it in the show notes or look it up and figure out what book I'm talking about. Anyway, 
there's, you know, lost my train of thought with that book reference. Where was I? Co-ops. Oh yeah, co-ops are the future. You can't just, you can't just outsource your accountability and give a fuck. You have to maintain at least a little bit because then that, whatever you, if you check out, whatever you put in charge, it will eventually exploit you. Mm. That. And in a lot of cases, that's what's happened to a lot of unions over time. That's what ends up happening to them. Yeah. Which is where the like part where the conservatives coming in and dismantling them. I'm like, well, you you did, you could have just been more flexible and then they wouldn't have had the leverage to fuck you. But sort of no, like the, yeah. the taxis with Uber. I'm like, you know what? I feel bad for you. Also, I used to live out in the sunset and it would, you would never come. You would literally just not come. <laughs> just So yeah, that leaves it open for Uber to come in and fuck you. And I feel bad about the labor laws that they're fucking over. And I'm sure that they're going to cr- contribute to a larger catastrophe that we're going to deal with later. But goddamn, <laughs> this is what protectionism gets you. If you don't allow actual competition in you leave yourself liable for some disruptive shit later because you're not actually preventing the inevitable you're just making the inevitable dramatic and and terrible if you're just open to the possibility of failure open to the wisdom in that feedback you don't want to hear keep your heart open for that shit and maybe this ride will get a little easier. <laughs> we don't have this, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. We just be like, okay, oh, that was bad. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that, was so, no, that, was, that wasn't so bad. Oh, wait, we could learn from that. Okay, cool. Let's keep, keep going. There we go. All right. You know, little. <laughs> I miss when the world was boring. I think about all the time when I was like just out of college or just in college. I was still in college. And I was making like $500 a month. And the rent was 325 And like after the dollars were gone, it was just gone. And it was just so simple. Because it was just like, okay, well, I paid what I could. Yeah. Just try to get to class. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. It was so simple. Mm-hmm. But TikTok's cool. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note... Okay, so thank you so much <laughs> for your time and attention and for listening to us. If you would love to give us feedback or ideas, please do so at kindnessecon at gmail.com and kindnessecon.com. It's dot com. Oh, have a great day. Be kind. Be yes. kind to yourself and to the people in the world around you. That's why I don't say it. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll work it out. <laughs>